The response by some Liberals in the Church of England to the decision of the House of Bishops not to authorise any new liturgies recognising gender transitions is both revealing and not surprising in equal measure. Keen listeners will recall that back in July we looked at the nonsense of the House of Bishops voting practically en masse for a motion that asked it to consider liturgies to mark gender transitions. You'll remember that at the time I pointed out that if the House of Bishops went ahead and agreed any such liturgies without doing the necessary theology first, they were pretty well tearing up Anglicanism. Well, it looks as though someone was listening, and in a press release yesterday, the church wrote, quote, The House of Bishops has prayerfully considered whether a new nationally commended service might be prepared to mark a gender transition, and the bishops are inviting clergy to use the existing rite, affirmation of baptismal faith. New guidance is also being prepared on the use of the service, close quote. There is an accompanying General Synod paper going through the reasoning in slightly greater depth, and it says that the current service, quote, is an ideal liturgical rite which trans people can use to mark this moment of personal renewal. The affirmation of baptismal faith is an existing authorised part of common worship which is used in all types of churches and can be part of services of different kinds. It points out that the candidate has already been baptised and is therefore not a rebaptism. It provides the opportunity requested in the diocesan synod motion for a liturgical marking of a person's transition which has the full authority of the Church of England as an appropriate expression of community and pastoral support. Close quote. Super! Pete Broadbent, writing a comment on the Thinking Anglicans website, went further explaining, quote, it's not CV practice to devise special circumstances liturgies for particular people, however much we wish to be welcoming and pastorally sensitive. What takes place when someone renews their baptismal vows is that they are pointed back to the unrepeatable sacrament that was their initiation into Jesus Christ. It would not, in my view, be appropriate to devise a specific liturgy around that renewal, whether the life event that is being commemorated is, for example, a new gender identity or a recruitance of faith, or a turning back to Christ from another religion. As soon as you build into the official liturgy of the church special cases, you point away from the sacrament and towards the individual. There is absolutely nothing to stop pastoral prayers being offered. Parish priests do it all the time, but a special liturgy is not what the C of E should move towards. Close quotes. Now, that seems to make perfect sense to me, but others don't think so. Jeremy Pemberton, one of the first vicars to enter a same-sex marriage and a leading activist in the One Body, One Faith group, wrote this on his personal blog. I quote, The leadership of my church has managed to deliver my trans sisters and brothers a dreadful slap in the face by declining to act in the way that General Synod urged them to last summer. The unwillingness of a subcommittee of the House of Bishops to do more than recommending local adaption of an existing rite reaffirming baptism suggests to me that they have not truly considered the needs of that segment of the body of Christ. Close quote. Really? The House of Bishops declined to act in the way Synod urged them to in July? Really? Let's remind ourselves what Synod actually asked the House of Bishops. The exact words were, I quote, This Synod, recognising the need for transgender people to be welcomed and affirmed in their parish church, call on the House of Bishops to consider whether some nationally commended liturgical materials might be prepared to mark a person's gender transition. Close quote. Note, 
Synod did not instruct the bishops to create new liturgy, rather it asked them to consider whether nationally commended materials might be prepared. Let's just break that apart. First, consider means to think carefully about something, to look attentively at it. It's clear that the bishops did do this, and they did it prayerfully. A consideration might bring any number of outcomes, and the motion by asking the bishops to consider implicitly accepts that a number of such outcomes are possible. What were they to consider? Well, again, referring to the motion, they were asked to look at, quote, nationally commended liturgical materials, close quote. The House of Bishops have done exactly this. They have actually commended a specific liturgy, the affirmation of baptismal faith. Far from not doing what Synod asked, they have obeyed them to a T and all in six months. Can these liturgies be used to mark a gender transition? Absolutely. And the use for this liturgy of a different name and gender identity from the one an individual was baptised with embeds into the liturgy a very clear recognition of the gender transition. Such a liturgical action ticks half of the wish list of the progressive activists, but of course the other half, the formal adoption of their particular views around gender identity, is what is missing. And for the progressives, this is the real prize. Given that they haven't been awarded it, they're spitting. Jane Ozan, the leading evangelical, well, she's leading somewhere, I grant you, wrote on Facebook that the House of Bishops, quote, don't understand what was being requested and why. I fear they've just assumed they knew, close quote. The reality, of course, is that the House of Bishops' response reeks of understanding precisely what was being requested and doing exactly what Sid had asked, considering and commending. It's just that they didn't commend what Jane wanted them to commend, and so they are a bunch of dunces. The C of E trans activist Christina Beardsley, writing for the Church Times, said, I quote, The idea that one can be welcoming to a group of people while not engaging with their specific needs and requests sounds suspiciously like the notion of permitting maximum freedom without actually changing the church's thinking and practice. Close quote. Well, yes, precisely that, Christina. It's actually very easy to be welcoming to a group of people whilst not engaging with their requests. Try parenting some school-aged kids for a day and you'll see exactly the welcoming but not simply agreeing, agreeing to all requests process in action. Most of, this, uh, most of us do this all the time, every single day. It's part of a normal adult life. The notion that you only love someone and show them welcome if you agree with everything they ask for is a complete postmodern Western fallacy. What the progressive liberals don't seem to realise is that whilst they have made up their minds on the issue, huge parts of the church haven't. And indeed, the Church of England doesn't really have a properly defined theology of gender identity, which is what we would need in the first place if we wanted to draw up specific liturgies in this area. As a church, we would need to understand what the Bible says about sex and gender and the fluidity of both. We'd need to understand what model of gender we were operating with. Do we understand gender to be primarily binary with movement between the poles? Do we believe there are more than two genders? Do we believe gender doesn't really exist? What about intersex people? Where do they fit in? By making the decision that they, ha that they have made, the House of Bishops have given a clear signal to Synod that they are not going to be pushed around by a progressive lobby who think they can just bring out a wish list of demands and everyone rolls over. 
Conservatives should take heart. The bishop's proposals are exactly the kind of generous and maximum flexible hospitality that they spoke about last year. Reaffirming current doctrine, yet giving as much space as possible for liturgical variation within it. Creative priests should be able to offer exactly what is needed pastorally in this situation. A welcome in the body that recognises the important changes that have happened in someone's life. And hopefully the guidelines that are to follow will help flesh that out. And frankly, folks, we can't sort out the tea issue until we've dealt with the LGB one. The two are actually radically different and not part of the same oppressive discrimination as some would have us think. The sexuality debate is going to come to Synod sooner rather than later, and only when we've settled that can we then turn to issues of gender identity and transition. We have enough problems arguing about intercessions to get trapped in intersectionality. I'm Peter Old, and this is Radio Free Canada.